0: This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Guidestone. Guidestone envisions a world transformed by Christian investing. Through screening, corporate engagement, and impact investing, our investment strategies allow investors to be more proactive with their investment dollars to make a meaningful difference in the world while preparing for their financial future. Learn more at GuidestoneFunds.com faith.
1: Margin is one of those important things in life that we often take for granted, and that can lead to trouble. I am Rob West. Margin basically means something extra, a little extra time or even distance from the car in front of you. It's critical, especially with your finances. I'll talk about financial margin today, and then it's on to your calls at 800 525 7000. That's 800 525 7000. This is Faith and Finance. Biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, you may not always connect the word margin with personal finances, but you're probably familiar with its use in the business world, where the term is usually profit margin. When we buy an item at the store, we don't consider how it got there. But someone had to make it, usually many people working for a company. They all need to be paid wages. Then salespeople had to get retailers to buy the product or service, and they need to be paid a salary and often a commission on top of that. Transportation people have to get the product to retailers, and they need to be paid. Then retailers have to mark up the product because they have bills to pay and need to make a living too. So you've got several Several business entities involved in getting that product to where you can purchase it. At each step along the way, the manufacturer, trucker, and retailer all need to have a sufficient margin or profit to make it worthwhile for them or the product never gets to you. Now, how much is sufficient? Well, it varies widely depending on the product and how much it costs to bring it to market. Other factors play a role. Competition, market size, and volume. The more units you sell, the smaller your margin needs to be. A new automobile has thousands of dollars of margin, but a lot fewer of them are sold than, say, hamburgers at fast food joints. You know, so many billions served. If you sell a billion of something, even with only a few pennies margin, you'll probably do all right. So how do we apply this lesson to our lives? Well, the same principle holds true when it comes to our margin, and not just for money, but for our time and energy as well. How much do we have left over after all of our obligations are met? You have your job, family commitments, chores around the house, and obligations to your church. So you must also prepare for unexpected or irregular expenses, a broken water pipe or car repairs. All of these involve time, money, and effort on your part. Do you have time and energy left over to recharge your batteries and spend time with God? That's another form of margin that we all need. Now, I'm not equating time with God to your other obligations. That's not just something to check off your to-do list. Time with God isn't something we have to do. It's something we get to do, and it's critical for living a balanced life with our time, families, service to the Lord, and, of course, our money. Now, what does having margin with our personal finances look like? Well, it simply means having extra for the so-called rainy days, family emergencies, medical expenses above your deductible, or helping a visiting missionary or college student if God speaks to your heart. The key to acquiring that margin is living on a budget or a spending plan to help you decide in advance where your money will go. Did you know there are only four things you can do with money? You can live on it, give it away, owe it to someone, or grow it. Every dollar you've ever made or ever will make goes into one of those four buckets. A budget is just a way of deciding ahead of time what goes where. Uh, By the way, this isn't the same as balancing your checkbook, for example. That's just seeing where your money went, not deciding in advance where it should go. If you haven't downloaded the FaithFi app at your app store, we encourage you to do so. It uses the envelope system and gives you three different ways to set up your budget, making the process really easy. If you're not making spending decisions ahead of time and giving yourself financial margin, your income won't be able to keep up with your outgo. As you set up your spending plan, you may see that you have more month left over when the money runs out. If that happens, you've got to make some changes. Find a way to increase your income or reduce your expenses, or both. The key is learning to live on less than you make, having margin or money left over at the end of the month. Without it, you'll slide into debt and never be able to save for the future and here's a bonus when you finally get financial margin you may find that you also have more physical and emotional margin you'll sleep better feel more relaxed and be better able to use your spiritual gifts to serve god and help others so that's the importance of margin financial and otherwise all right your calls are next 805257000 i'm rob west and you're listening to faith and finance we'll be right back We're grateful for support from Movement Mortgage, who provides residential home loans in all 50 states. Guided by a mission to love and value people and a goal to redefine the mortgage process, Movement seeks to help others achieve their financial goals. You can find out more at
0: movement.com
1: slash faith. Movement Mortgage LLC supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 39179. For licensing information, please visit nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Are you struggling to fit your faith into your practice as a Christian financial advisor? The Certified Kingdom Advisor designation teaches you a step-by-step process to confidently deliver advice that aligns with Christian values. Discover the skills you need to help your clients make a kingdom impact. Get started today by enrolling in the CKA educational program at kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. That's kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2,300 verses on money and possessions found in God's word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. You know, as we think about a biblical worldview of money, we can either find our identity in money itself, or we can find our identity in Christ. That's, of course, the biblical worldview. When our identity is in money, we're either prideful or ashamed based on how much money we have. We become discontented with who we are and what we have based on our financial status, and our personal value comes from what we do. But if, in fact, we have a biblical worldview and our identity is rooted in in Christ, where our true identity really is, then, well, there's no need for pride, shame, and comparison. Our identity is not about what we do or what we have. It is Christ in us, our hope of glory, as we read in Colossians 1-7. The world will tell you something otherwise. We need to constantly renew our minds around that idea. We'd love for you to weigh in on the conversation today, perhaps with a financial question about your debt or your giving strategy. Maybe you're thinking about tracking your own giving or you want to talk about long-term savings or investing whatever it might be today including a testimony of how God's wisdom and principles have uh, shown themselves in your financial life give us a call we've got some lines open 800-525-7000 again 800-525 7,000. You know, we receive emails from listeners like you all the time at askrob at faithfi.com. We try to get them on the air as often as we can. Uh, This one comes from Christy. She writes, Hi, Rob. I love listening to your show. I'm in my 20s and I'm saving up for a house. I'm not sure about the best way to invest my current savings. Should I buy a CD or invest in the stock market? I appreciate any advice. Thank you so much. And Christy, first of all, I'm delighted that you're in your 20s. You're thinking about this. Uh, You're obviously a disciplined saver, and you've got a goal. In order to do that, you're probably living on a spending plan within your means, or you wouldn't have any margin to save with at all. So congratulations on uh, being on that track. With regard to the possibility of investing, whether it's a CD or the stock market, we always want to start, Christy, by defining our time horizon. And if that home purchase is in, less than five years, I would just simply say to you, you probably uh, want to think about not investing in the stock market. The key is it's not the return on your money at that point. It's the return of your money. And so you want to uh, really lean into this idea of saying, OK, how do I earn some interest while I'm saving up, but I don't take risks because the last thing we would want is for you to be ready to make that purchase. And now you've got to sell some investments at a loss. So I would say if we're talking about a short-term type of savings account, probably an online savings account, would be the best option uh, for you at this point. That would give you the chance to set a specific goal, keep that money earmarked for this specific purpose, so it doesn't get used for something else. Earn a little bit of interest along the way, maybe three and a half percent or so, and I think that's going to be headed higher this year. And keep you focused on uh, what you're trying to do, and that is save for that down payment quickly. I would remind you, uh, our goal is twenty percent down to. A Avoid that private mortgage insurance and go in with a little bit of equity. And then on the 80% that you'd finance, perhaps, make sure that mortgage payment, including taxes and insurance, is no more than 25% of your take home pay. That will ensure you have plenty left over for everything else. Christy, thanks for writing to us. Again, if you have a question, just send it along. Ask Rob at FaithFi.com. All right, let's head back to the phones to Idaho. Hey, Ken, thanks for calling, sir. Go ahead.
2: Hi, Rob. Thank you for taking my call. My wife and I need a your help for uh, to get a plan of attack to pay down our mortgage before retirement. My wife is 64 years old. I'm 60 years old. We have 120,000 balance uh, between mortgage and auto. And under normal circumstances, we'd have another 17 years to pay this off. Um, again, my wife's 64, so I want to get her. In a position to retire as quickly as possible, and yep. I'll hang on there and pay off all the debt that I can myself obviously um we do rough we do have roughly seven hundred thousand in investments um My first question is how do how do we optimize our attack on this debt, and when is the optimal time for us to take our social security payments
1: Yes. That's a great question. Um, You know, as we look at this, I love, first of all, this goal that you have to be completely debt-free just as quick as you can, um, and... You know, that's going to go a long way to keeping your expenses low so that whatever income sources you have, you're just taking some pressure off of those by eliminating this largest expense, your mortgage. So I think this is certainly a great goal to have. Uh, You mentioned uh, roughly 160000 between the car and the the home. Uh, What's the breakdown on those?
2: Uh, it's, it's actually 120, 110,000 on the mortgage and another 10 on the vehicle. car.
1: Okay. Got it. And on your current payoff, how many years are left on the mortgage? If you just continue going like you are now? 17, 17 years. All right. And when are you planning? Uh, when would you like to have this paid off? What is your target in terms of the number of years? Um,
2: I, the biggest thing is as soon as possible for my wife's sake, because I know once she's out of the picture. I'll have to try to make up the difference on what we would normally be getting for a salary. So, yeah. It's yeah. it's I'm just I, I'm not going to hold her back whatsoever, but I just want to optimize yeah. our sure. opportunities.
1: No doubt. Uh in how many years just based on your current plans and I realize that could change, is she planning to continue to work where you'd have this dual income?
2: Like I said she's 64. I have not <laughs> I haven't, I, I don't want to pin her down and, 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 yeah. you know, I, I want her, I just want her when she feels she needs to tap out, she could tap out and start enjoying retirement. So sure. it could be, could be six months. It could be two years. I don't know for sure.
1: Okay. But just based on your intuition as her husband, just as you see kind of how draining it is and versus life giving and so forth. I mean, do you kind of get the sense that she's ready or do you feel like there's still a little more runway here?
2: I think there's a little more runway. I would think if, if everything works out probably a couple more years, I believe.
1: Okay. Yeah, very good. And I I appreciate the fact you don't want to try to kind of force her into staying longer than she wants to. And God has called her to, and perhaps, especially if he's redirecting her to something else, but part of the planning process is just saying, okay, based on everything we know today, after praying about it and thinking about what's most important to us as a, as a couple and where God's taking us, here's at least where we think we're headed. And then we can plan around that. And of course we write that in the sand because we, you know, wash it away and start over as things change. Um, what kind of surplus do you have right now, Ken, after all the bills are paid that you can apply toward debt reduction? I
2: believe I figured it out, uh, probably about $1,600 margin every
1: month. Okay. Okay. Very good, yeah. So I mean that's a, a healthy surplus that you have there, and perhaps if you buckle down a little bit more, seeing these two years as really an optimal time to kind of tighten the belt a little bit and focus on dumping as much debt as you can. I mean, clearly I'd go after that car, and the nice thing is that you know uh, you know six months down the road uh, or seven at the most, that car is gone, and now you've got that car payment on top of this, and maybe now we've got two thousand a month, and then we can add that. To the house. And I think the key is to recognize this isn't going to happen overnight. It's going to take some time. But if you're throwing two grand at the house every month, I mean, you're going to have it paid off, maybe not by retirement, but shortly after. And, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, The other option would be to tap into some of these investments. And I think that's something to consider as well if this is a really high priority. So let's do this. I've got to take a quick break. When we come back, let's finish this on the other side. This is Faith and Finance. We'll be back after this. Have you downloaded the
0: FaithFi app yet? You need to do that today because this is going to make your life easier. Yes, you can manage your money through the in-app envelope feature, but also plan out future goals. I want to buy a house in five years and I'm on track to do that. Here's also what I like. You can connect with people around the country. It's like social media, but better. Ask a question, get an answer and share what you're learning about money and investing. So why don't you grab your phone right now and download the FaithFi app.
1: Absolutely free. We know you've learned to be suspicious of those words, but really, you can get biblical financial wisdom delivered to your inbox each week absolutely free. Articles, videos, podcasts, and special offers on biblical resources. Nearly 60,000 people receive our free weekly wisdom email, and you can too. Create your free Faith by account by going to faithby.com and click sign up to begin receiving weekly wisdom in your inbox. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Taking your calls and questions. Well, it looks like all the lines are full. So sit back and enjoy. We have some great questions coming up. Just before the break, we were talking to our friend, Ken in Idaho, and he's wondering the best time to start taking Social Security. He's got about 110000 left on a mortgage, another 10000 on a car loan. His wife's perhaps two years away from retirement. They'd like to have all of that debt paid off by that time, another 700000 in 401Ks, and uh, he's also going to start taking a, a military retirement health care, what's called TRICARE, uh, as well. Uh, you know, Ken, I think... I think the key is if we could get that uh, car paid off, if you have sixteen hundred a month in surplus uh, you know let 's say that 's gone in in four months um, and now we can add a little bit to that I mean, I just ran some quick calculations, even if you didn 't add anything to the mortgage uh, you could probably with an extra two thousand a month at a four percent interest rate, and I assume your rate somewhere around there uh, with a owing one hundred and ten thousand. Uh, you know, with a 17 year mortgage, adding 2000 a month to your current payment, uh, allows you to pay this off in about four years. Now that's two years too long. So what do we do about that? Well, we've got a couple of options. One is you could bump up your income by taking Social Security. We'll talk about that in a moment. The other is we could kind of marry, uh, uh taking some from your assets. Uh, alongside trying to do as much of the payoff through cash flow, the surplus, as you can and sync it up such that, you know, we pay this off right about the time she's retiring. So you're entering retirement with you still working but dropping her income with, you know, no debt. And now we just reduce the total monthly expense that you have, so I think that's probably the key. You could use any number of you know extra mortgage payment calculators or even work with your current uh, mortgage servicer to determine exactly, you know, what that schedule looks like using twenty-four months as our goal to get it to zero, looking at the surplus you'll have, sixteen hundred today, sixteen hundred plus the car payment once the car is paid off, and then that'll tell you exactly how much you'd need to pull from your 401k to kind of cover the balance that you, you couldn't, you know, take care of out of cash flow that extra couple of years uh, that you don't have because you want your wife to be able to retire. And I think between the combination of those two, you'll enter retirement with still a very healthy nest egg in your 401k and completely debt free, uh, you know, by taking this approach. Does that make sense?
2: Yes. Makes perfect sense. That's awesome. All right.
1: Yeah, and then I think the question is, okay, so when do we take Social Security? And obviously, we'd we'd like for you both to get to full retirement age at a minimum before you take it. So, you know, she's still, you know, maybe two, two and a half years away from that. Um, So that might work out well. Maybe you start taking that right as she's entering retirement uh, on her own work record uh, so that now as you drop her income, you're adding her social security. And then I'd let, you know, I'd let yours continue to grow. You obviously could take it at 62. You're still a couple of years away from that, but you're going to take about a 30% haircut on what you would get if you waited until full retirement age. So I'd try to kick that can down the road as long as you can and let that continue to build by about 8% a year. Outstanding.
2: That's perfect. Thank you. God bless you. And thank you so much for your help. All right.
1: Absolutely. Hey, thanks for your service, my friend. We're, we're grateful. Thank you. All right. Gina's in Cleveland. You're next on the program. Go ahead.
3: Hi, Rob. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I just love the program and this, if advice and suggestions that you guys give. So I hope you have some good suggestions for me.
1: Well, I may be so out I... for today, Gina, but I'll give it my best try.
3: <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm 66 in a couple of weeks, and I haven't, uh, i saved, I've spent, I've saved, I've spent over the years, and so I really haven't um, been really um, Good with money management and savings and all of that. So um, I have about maybe twenty-five thousand in OPERS, and I have about forty-three thousand in savings, and I have about maybe ten thousand, ten five in debt. And because I'm so close to retirement age. I am leery or uncomfortable with paying off the debt um in its entirety. I work I, I do work full time, make about sixty thousand a year. Um I I'm not sure where to go. The the, the forty three thousand is just sitting in the traditional savings account. I just I don't know what what to do. What do you think?
1: Okay. Yeah. So You've got forty three thousand in a savings account, and then uh, you have a retirement account on top of that with a balance of roughly how much?
3: It's 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 not much. I haven't been there long. It's about twenty five thousand.
1: Okay. All right. And uh, are you planning on retiring soon?
3: Um. Well, I was looking at like sixty eight, the retirement age. Um. Uh-huh. I I don't want to go to seventy. I would like to enjoy yeah. like some retirement. You know, I'm in pretty good health. Um. Yeah. So, um. So, what are you what are you suggesting?
1: Well, yeah. Here's I guess the first question is always: Have we solved the underlying problem that led to the credit card debt in the first place? Because the last thing I'd want you to do is come in and wipe it out out of savings only to find that you call me back in six months and you say, guess what, Rob, the, the debt's back. And so we've got to make sure that you're living within your means and you're no longer building credit card debt. Do you feel like that you've resolved that?
3: Um, I think um, I'm, I'm thinking about it so hard because I did um, like a loan to pay off the credit card debt and then I paid, paid the debt off and ended up Bringing a debt back, and now I'm paying for the loan plus the, plus yeah, the debt. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I don't want to stay in that in that boat. I'm yeah. going to be meeting with um, a pastor at my church for some financial counseling.
1: Good, um, good. I'm glad just, to hear you that. You know. Yeah, Yeah, Here's what I would do. Rather than paying it off out of of savings, I I don't want you to get into this cycle again. We need to make sure that we've kind of corrected the issue that led to this and we're not just treating the symptom. So I'd contact my friends at Christian Credit Counselors. Let's leave the debt right where it is. Those accounts will be closed. The interest rates will be lowered. And I think that'll help you get on the right track. ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll make plans to join us again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.